Adam, Santa Claus, Denston. Brilliant. Simon, not a funny analogy, love it. your pies and blast the buble because we are back for another episode of a Christmas binge. My name is Brittany Stewart. I'm a Melbourne-based journalist, host of another podcast called Beauty Island, and if you hadn't guessed it already, an absolute Christmas obsessive. I started this podcast last year after one too many watches of Love Actually and was looking for something else to get me in the festive mood. Thankfully, I was not the only one, and this got such a brilliant reaction from all of you last year, so here we are again. A Christmas Binge is all about celebrating the spirit of the season, by chatting to interesting people to find out how they celebrate. Each episode, I sit down with a guest and ask them about their Christmas binges, the show or film they watch religiously to get them in the festive mood, what they eat and what goes on the table come Christmas Day, and of course, their unique Christmas traditions. It's light-hearted, festive fun to get us in the holiday spirit because goodness knows after the year 2020 has been, we all need it. Today I am thrilled to have a bit of a bumper episode with one of my favourite duos, podcasters, physios and former goggleboxers Adam Denson and Simon Lovett. While you may have met them on the couch in front of the TV, Adam and Simon have been busy since they left the show hosting radio shows and podcasts, including their podcast, The Adam and Simon Show, which I highly recommend. We talked about how to handle a gift you don't like, but whether you can eat Christmas pudding cold, and tackle the big debate. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Does it even matter? Plus, I also pitched them some Christmas-related simple pleasures and displeasures inspired by the great segment they have on their podcast. This was so much fun. The boys are brilliant and definitely boosted my festive spirit, so I hope it does the same to you. The usual disclaimer that Christmas isn't everyone's favourite time of year, and even more so in 2020 when it really has been a year like no other. So I just wanted to flag that this podcast largely deals with the positive and often indulgent side of Christmas, and we're very lucky very lucky to have the privilege and the freedom to talk about things like the food we're going to eat and the way we celebrate and gifts and family. So if it's a topic you find hard, this might not be the podcast for you right now. But if that is you, please know that you're not alone. We will be exploring some of those things in next week's episode, next week's finale episode. And if you have any thoughts or reflections on this, send me an email, beautyislandpodcast at gmail.com or slide into my DMs at a Christmas binge. If you do enjoy this podcast, please do me a Christmas favour and write a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe or click follow on Spotify. For more Christmas chat and memes, you can follow me on Instagram at a Christmas binge. And if you fancy a little prettier listen, you can listen to my award-nominated beauty podcast called Beauty Island, which delves into the memories behind people's favourite beauty products. Now back to Christmas and over to Adam and Simon. Enjoy. Adam and Simon, welcome to A Christmas Binge. I am very chuffed to have you guys on. Welcome. Thank you. We are very happy to be here too. Who doesn't love Christmas? To kind of get a sense of where you guys are at on a scale of met to a bit obsessive, where do you sit on the Christmas scale of kind of how much you look forward to it? I, I think I'm probably at Mariah Carey level of Christmas. <laughs> I big fan. I'm a big fan of Christmas. I love, I really love everything about it. You, you get to buy presents, which is really just showing off. It's like, let me prove how much I know you. Let me prove <laughs> that I know you more than you know me. And therefore, I'm better. I'm a better person. So there's that component. I mean, work life is super chilled. Everyone is just in the best mood, strutting around, waiting till they just get out of work. So that's fun. There's Christmas parties is there. The food is crazy. Mate, what's not to love? Christmas is the best. It's so much fun. It's really great that, that uh, Simon starts with, oh, I love Christmas. It's such a good competition. I love to win it. I love to win Christmas. People be like, I love being around my family. I love being around my friends. It's, like, oh, it's so good just being better than everybody else and showing them that I'm really better than everyone else. Because like Simon said, like everybody's clocked off. 
like December one hits and it's like 5 p.m. on a Friday. Everyone's like, well, I guess I'm done for the next month. No one expects you to do anything. No one wants to do anything. The weather's getting better. It's great. So good. Love it. I don't know whether, does that make people kind of scared to buy you presents, Simon, if like this is the attitude that you go in at Christmas? Yeah, I'm definitely not great to buy for. I've been told that many, many times because I'm one of the, I'm very impatient. So if I want something, I just tend to buy it for myself. But then I'm also, I've got this horrible trait and I'm really working on it. I really am really working on it. If it's not exactly what I wanted, I'm disappointed. And I'm really (laughs) bad at hiding that. So someone will give me a present that they've really thought of. You know, my poor brother, far out every year, he'll give me something and I'll be like, oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Every year. And it's, and then I go away. I'm like, you're such an absolute asshole. Sorry, I don't know if I can say asshole, but uh, I'm just, just the worst guy. But I'm getting, hopefully I'm getting better at it. I would say that's probably the worst thing about Christmas is present face. Like there's so much oh, expectation. Yeah. There's like, 10, or there might there might be 5, 10, 15, there might be 20 people looking at you as you're opening the present. And like Sam said, he is hard to buy for, so he doesn't want anything, but he's still disappointed if it's not exactly what he wants. Correct. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> he goes, oh, wow, awesome. This is fantastic. Thank you. Because then so often people will ask you a second time. They go, oh, do you like it? And you go, yeah, yeah, I love it. And then later on in the day they go, oh, so you really liked it? And you go, yeah. It's so good. I'm going to use it all the time rather than being like, nah, it sucks. I hate it. <laughs> now, on the on the third time that they ask, that's when I will just politely, and I do it very politely, I'm like, oh, it's probably not the right size or it's not this or it's not that. Because <laughs> usually people, are get they get pretty close. Like if you want a T-shirt, they get you the right T-shirt, but it might be the wrong size or the wrong color or, you know, it has something. So you just need to, you just need to change it. You're like, I love the thought. And then, but then here's the thing. Then I go and buy the thing that I want in the exact, and then I love it. Like I'm all about it. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, it's a present. And then I always give them the credit. I'm like, oh, see, so you know, when you bought me the present and I had to change it, this is what I got. I love it. I use it every day. So you tell them that you went and changed it. You don't like... Yeah, 100%. I was going to bring this up later, but it has kind of tied in quite nicely. You guys have a fantastic segment on your podcast uh, called Simple Pleasure or Simple Displeasure. And I reckon that one later that I'll kind of put into consideration, <laughs> but what reminded me then was I feel like a simple displeasure is 100% when you picked a gift that has promise and that moment where you have to change your face because you yeah. don't like it, like that split second... I reckon that's a simple displeasure. I would like to put that forward to the committee. I know we don't have the official draft there, but just for your consideration. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. I think that's the perfect, that's the, exactly what it is because it's got all the elements. It's got the build-up and then it's got the effort involved with making everyone else feel better, even though you are in anguish. Like, oh, and then I would go, I love I would it. Go, um, yeah. I'd go flip side for simple pleasure when you're wrapping a present and you wrap it perfectly because it's never that like this the sides of like a box and they're never perfect but if you wrap one and it's close to perfect and then you fold it over the middle get a bit of tape going through there and you're like wow this this is a well-wrapped present a hundred percent or when you have like that last bit of paper on the roll and you have the perfect thing to fit it so you don't (laughs) have the crap is there anything welcome welcome to the adam and simon show we're doing simple (laughs) pleasures at christmas So before we get into the, I feel like we've already gone straight into the juicy stuff, honestly, but before we get into the next round of juicy stuff, I thought a kind of quick fire round of this or that or yes or no might be good to kind of gauge your feelings on a few topical Christmas things. So maybe Adam, you go first and then Simon, you go. Seafood or roast? Both. Kind of both. Got to pick one. Both, yeah. It's always like prawns to start. There's like the prawn peeling crew at the start, and then the lunch is the main meal. So the seafood's not – if the question is like what is the main food, it's roast, but there's always prawns beforehand. What's your favourite though, if you have to pick? Oh, roast for sure. The seafood, like prawns is such a pain to peel. They taste good, but they're like – the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Good call. I'm definitely roast as well, 100% roast. Seafood is just so unfulfilling. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, unfulfilling. As Adam said, it's a lot of effort. And then you have one, you're like, oh, great, now I've got to do that again. But a roast, whoo, just keep going. And you can have heaps of different roasts. Roast veggies, good. Roast lamb, good. Roast beef, great. 
everything. I mean, for, for the seafood people, the argument is there's lots of different types of seafood. There's like oysters, there's prawns, there's fish, there's I mean, yeah, I, I mean, completely agree. Roast lamb, roast pork, roast turkey, roast beef, roast veggies. Like you put roast before most any meal, any food <laughs> in the supermarket, it's going to be good. Roast blueberries, fantastic. Roasted cornflakes, even better. Roasted pizza shapes, how good. Healthier. There's a niche pop-up restaurant in this, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. On to desserts, uh, mince pies or Christmas pudding? Christmas pudding every day. Mince pies stink. They're so bad. They're so bad. They're so, my pa's English. He loves mince pies. And we always get, we always have to get like a dozen and he'll eat two and then 10 get thrown out. Definitely to piggyback on that. And I know, look, we're just sounding like we're the same, but mate, mince pies can take an absolute hike at Christmas time. Mince and pudding, like Christmas pudding was the only time I would get money when I was a kid. My auntie would put money (laughs) in there. I'd be like, man, I can't wait to eat this pudding. Heaps of custard, go through, chip a tooth, bang, but I'm rich. I've got 50 cents. There's name I could name another meal that you will ever have in your life that you end up richer after you've eaten it. None. Not a single meal in the world. Brussels sprouts, yes or no? Uh, if they're fried with heaps of butter and then bacon on top so they don't really taste like Brussels sprouts. <laughs> steam ones, again, English pa, loves a steamed Brussels sprout. Not for me. Just roast them and pancetta, a little bit of pancetta. That's all right. I like that you just described Brussels sprouts, Kilpatrick, and you're like, yeah, love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Chuck bacon on there, no worries. No, no Brussels sprouts for me, thanks. Um, no, they just get in the way. Okay. So as a vehicle for other foods, fine. By themselves, no. <laughs> tree up and Christmas music before December 1st, yes or no? Do you guys have your trees up already or are you waiting, hanging on till later? We actually, because so I live with Rach, my fiancé, and we – didn't have a tree last year because we went for Christmas out at, at other places and we never got round. Oh, actually, no, it's a lie. We had a really small one. But at our family home, December one's usually the time. Like, that's your time. Like I said before, 5 p.m. on a Friday, that's December one. I'm clocked off. Yeah, I, I, I think my tree went up last year maybe four days before Christmas or something. And it was more, oh. of, a, more of a tokenistic thing. It's was like, it a real one? A fake one, or it was, no, just it was late. definitely a fake one. It was a homemade one. I used um, barbecue skewers uh, and sticky tape them together, and then they made like a little spiral, and then I put like fairy lights on it. It looks quite nice. It was a small one. I just live in a small house, but yeah, when we were growing up, it was always like real one corner of the house. Mum was hell bent on making it perfect, and poor poor lady, she had two sons and a husband who couldn't care less if there was a tree there or not. So. But on Christmas Day, it feels like Christmas if there's a Christmas tree. But up until that point, it's like I don't. It's not necessary. I don't. Sounds kind of like Scandi, like something you'd see on Pinterest. I'm imagining quite like a (laughs) trendy wooden skewer thing. Yeah, Yeah. very trendy guy. And finally, for our quick fire round, Michael or Mariah? What are you blasting? Mariah, Mariah for sure. Yeah, got it. Gets the party going, mate. As soon as you hear like the jingles at the start. Yeah, ready to go. You know what's we're, yeah, we're yeah, just like, oh, baby, we're on. <laughs> she doesn't we're need on. any more royalties, but by G, is she coming into the time where she works the hardest for the year? Someone must have worked out how much money she's made exclusively from like plays of that song. It must She'd be. She'd have to. Millions. And imagine she gets to, you know, like September and she's running a little skint. She's like, oh, I've just got to, just got to hold out. And then it's, then it's going to hit. Two more months of baked beans. I just looked it up. So as of 2017, the song itself had earned her over $60 million. (laughs) Not bad. Not bad at all. Yep, well played. Well played, Mariah Carey. Well played. It's Christmas! Obviously Christmas, or for people who don't celebrate Christmas, the holiday season, just that end of the year where you're kind of catching up with friends and family is such a time of kind of nostalgia and so many important memories are made at that time. When you kind of think back to when you were younger, when Christmas really is like the most special magical time of the year, what are the earliest Christmas memories that come to mind for you both? Oh, I always remember we – so in our house there's my brother. So I um, there was my mum and dad and my brother and we all lived together. And then Christmas morning we'd always wake up, but before that – We'd lay out like a Christmas sack and it was this decorative, like it was basically a decorative pillowcase, but it had Christmas stuff all over it. And I always remember we would lay that out 
like the the night before, and we were lucky enough that the next day it was just chock a block filled with stuff, and it was like filled with some filler stuff, but you know you'd, you'd have like your big hitter presence in there as well. But I always just remember walking out and just being so pumped, and you're like just there with excitement, and like you, me and my brother are like chasing each other, like we just couldn't contain our excitement that we then got to go through and and like we'd all sit down as a family and but yeah, like mum and dad would would sit there and watch us open everything, which was funny. And it kind of makes me think of um, there's a, there's a bit of a meme that goes around at the moment where it's like Christmas morning when the mum is watching the kids open the presents. She's expecting and knows what's going on. But then she turns to the husband and the dad is just as surprised when the kids open up the presents. And <laughs> that's what I feel like my childhood was. My dad's like, oh, look at this. Jeez, these kids are doing all right, haven't they? So I always just, yeah, think that that was my life, which was very, very we, funny. I loved it. We clearly know who Santa Claus was in the Lovett household. Absolutely. We, My childhood memories, I remember we always would sit in the carport. So we had like the undercover area because it was so hot. We, I'm from up on the border of Victoria, New South Wales. And so we'd always go down to the river. But then there's always like heaps of card games. Like there was always a lot of 500 and, and stuff being played between the family and we would always pit my dad and his brother on the same team because they play two completely different styles of card game but when they're on the team and they're both too stubborn to not uh, or to change, to bend to the other one. So they would always fight, which is always funny for everybody else. Um, but dad, the b- first memory is always like dad was the, uh, the guy who gave out the presents and mum always used to call it rattle, rattle, shake, shake and dad would always pick up a present and then, as the name suggests, rattle it and shake it and go, oh, I wonder what this could be. Like regardless of whether, whether it was a fragile present or not, my dad would be rattling and shaking every present before it was given out. And he still does. I love that. It's the kind of thing that, as a child, you can't resist doing, but, like, you're told not to. So I love your dad just goes, fuck it, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think for, for many people, obviously, Gogglebox was where they first, met you two so it seems kind of fitting to start with what you watch or listen uh, to around Christmas maybe we'll start with music because we've obviously touched on the goddess that is Mariah is there a particular song or album that you love what's kind of your when you start listening to Christmas music what's the first song that you go to I think we're really only Mariah is really the only thing that hits home because we'll just have music sort of going on in the background dad will pick some playlist or put a record on or something like that but there's no particular one apart from that all I want for Christmas that really rings home it does it I was in Vietnam it must have been 2000 and it would have been 2010 over the and so we had Christmas in Vietnam and Cambodia we actually went on we were on a 10-hour bus ride between the two my mate Nick and I and we got to um it must have been we had Christmas in Ho Chi Minh City that's right because he kept yelling out Ho 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 Chi Minh City (laughs) He posted a Facebook status update that got like 70 likes at the time. Everyone was like, oh, that's so clever. Ho, 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 Chi Minh City. That's hilarious. We went around to a couple of bars in Vietnam to celebrate Christmas Day. And then I remember all one for Christmas was just playing there absolutely everywhere. It was a really weird and like underwhelming experience as well because we were on a bus for 10 hours on Christmas Day. Um, so we made sure Christmas night was celebrated appropriately. Yuletide cheer. Um, Music-wise for at our family, I think, I don't know why, I've got a weird memory of like John Farnham because I think that's all my brother and I, uh, that's all we kind of thought my mum would ever listen to. So we just used to buy her John Farnham CDs every year. <laughs> and I then, love uh, too. Yeah, everyone loved John Farnham. So good. And we would just play that because, you know, naturally Christmas Day you've got to use all of your Christmas presents. So we're in our Christmas clothes. Mum's playing her Christmas CD. Dad's wearing his Christmas shoes that he bought himself. You know, everyone's just living it up. So a lot of John Farnham. I feel like there's just like some – or my mum would always find like some Christmas busker when she was doing doing the Christmas <laughs> shopping. So she, she'd buy their CD and put it on and be like, oh, I found this person on Burke Street Mall. Like they were playing. Like, aren't they great? And it'd be some woodwind or whatever. It's good. <laughs> Just kind of remember, you just got these random music going on in, in the, on Christmas morning, but it's pretty fun. I'm wondering how many years you were able to get your mum a new John Farnham CD before they were just like duplicates of the same one every year. No, I mean, new, I'm, I'm probably have new to CD for every tour, new CD for every tour, and he loves the tour. So. Last dance, last dance. 
Last time. The last time. Yeah, that was the Johnny Last time. dance is Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What were yours, Brittany? Are we allowed to ask you questions? I'm not sure. Yeah, you can. I think it's got to be Mariah, hasn't it? We had like, you know, those not so fresh, but like the best of. Yes. Yeah. Combination ones that have like the classics, Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby, and then like Justin Bieber. <laughs> Just a nice collective mix of. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I think my, my favorite though would be like Wham! Last Christmas. I do enjoy that one. Good. That's, That's a good favorite. one. That's a good one. Michael Bublé too. He gets a hot run at Christmas time as well. Just like everyone, everyone just becomes like a jazz and lounge aficionado for some reason. I don't know. It's like (laughs) that's like good music if it's really cold outside. But you don't want to be playing Michael Bublé if you're playing in the pool. It's not the same. Not quite the right vibes, is it? You know. Mm. (laughs) And what about movies? Like, what's your best Christmas movie? And then flip side, is there any one that everyone else loves that you think maybe slightly overrated? I'm a big um, Love Actually guy. I love that movie. I think it's, I think it's the peak of Christmas movies. It's got everything. It's got big stars. It makes you feel things. You know, poor Emma Thompson. Oh, it's heartbreaking when that happens. Share spoilers. Uh, but I, I just <laughs> yeah. love it. And then obviously Home Alone is. A, they're all the same movies, and they're all awesome. And they're the type of movies that because there's this high rotation of movies, you just flick on the TV and one will be on. But you've seen it so many times that you can just come in at any point and then you'll sit down and then, you know, my brother would walk past and he'll sit down and then like my dad. And then by the end, you've, you're just sitting there with, you know, 10 people all just watching the movie and they've all come in at different times, but everyone knows exactly what's about to happen. And, yeah, I always remember, yeah, that they, they were always great. My partner, Rach, is a, she's a big Elf fan. So we were never really, our family never really did it like a movie that we all sat down together with the night before or two nights before or whatever. But Elf is a big thing in their household. Elf and the Grinch are both two, two very, very popular in there. So I remember the fir- first time I went over there for, maybe for Christmas or it might have been something else, but someone dropped uh, like an Elf quote or an Elf reference it was like super niche, so it went over my head, and I really didn't understand what was going on. And like everybody jumped on board, and it took me a while to realize what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all really good ones. I was kind of thinking before; it's the same with music and movies. I feel like because we have these classics that we love so much, it's really hard, or I don't understand why there haven't been an influx of really good, like modern Christmas films. It, it's funny because there are the classics. It's almost like the market is saturated. So there's just no space for something new. Like Christmas means Mariah Carey. So Mariah Carey just pumps the whole time, and then it's going to take a it's going to take big effort to break through to that. I think I'm not a massive fan of like the people that get on their high horse about Die Hard and stuff. Like I don't care enough for you, when people are like Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I'm like, okay, cool. You don't need to yell. <laughs> Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I really don't. I'm, I don't mind. You can watch it. I don't have to watch it with you. So I'm not really that fussed. Like people seem to really get quite ardent and passionate and say like, yeah, die hard Christmas. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's a serious debate. It becomes a serious debate at Christmas for some reason. Like what do that. you think, Brittany? Oh. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? I actually hadn't seen Die Hard until this year. And like I'm a Christmas obsessive, obviously, hence why I have a whole podcast dedicated to Christmas. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, I'd never got it. I Adam and I were talking before we both have birthdays in July and I usually do a Christmas in July and August for my birthday. And last year, because obviously we couldn't have it this year, I live in an apartment so you have to kind of buzz in. And the password to get in was what? what's the best Christmas film of all time? In my mind, there's only two answers, Love Actually or The Holiday, although I will allow for like oh, The Grinch. The Holiday is a good one. Oh, a great so one. Good. Love it. Every single person said Die Hard. And like, Did they? And, you know... I would have not allowed them in if it didn't mean that I would be having Christmas. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, there's just this, like these camps of people who are so passionate about Die Hard being the best Christmas movie. It's very strange. So you did a really um, good journalistic trick there where you didn't answer the question, you answered with a story. So do we think Die Hard Sorry. is a Christmas movie or not? Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because I have a category of Christmas adjacent movies that I enjoy but don't quite fit the bill for okay. dedicated. Christmas. I would say that the Die Hard is a movie that happens at Christmas time rather than a, a Christmas movie. Correct. Yeah, a hundred percent. I have a really bad segue here, but I'm just going to 
say it. Um, there's a Christmas film called Office Christmas Party on Netflix, which I actually haven't watched. It is on my to-watch list. But on the subjects of Office Christmas Parties, last year you guys threw your own for an episode of your radio show or podcast when you did your uh, 12 Days of the Adam and Simon show. So I wanted to pick your brains for... I assume that over the years you guys have been to a couple. Any kind of good tales or best or worst moments from office Christmas parties over the years? We both, so we both work in like, because we're both physios, our workplaces are quite small. So it means that the Christmas parties are, are more just like a big dinner. I know from my end anyway. So we had a work one, I used to work at a physio clinic in the northern suburbs and we had a Christmas party and there was like, 16 people there or something, including partners. So it was quite small, but it was heaps of fun. There was nothing. The Chris Kringle was always good fun. It's funny. We've actually started, Simon and I and, and our group of mates from uni have a tradition. We're starting uh, with uh, Christmas in July, but we also have Christmas at Christmas. And it's uh, the dinner where there's eight blokes in the group and all of our partners. So there's 16 people in total. Um, and we have it in one in July and then one in December. And each couple brings a different element of the dinner. And then each person brings in a different, uh, like a random shitty present that we make for the Secret Santa Steel. And then we all get as drunk as we did when we were 15 years old. And we hire a private bartender who comes and like makes all the cocktails for us and everyone wears Christmas gear. And uh, so that is, that's probably the best Christmas party that that we have. One the first one was is etched in memories because one of the guys fell down the stairs because he was so drunk and put a hole in his wall, which was very funny. Oh, no. At least it was, was it his wall or someone else's wall? Well, I lived Simon's there too, house. so it was the yeah. other wall too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think my, my earliest, well, not my earliest memories of Christmas parties, but I used to work in, I used to work for Osmosis, so whoever, if you've ever been to a large-scale shopping centre, and then before that was Strapper Surf. But I always remember the Osmosis ones. We would go and our team, so I was at Water Gardens, we were the most successful store, so we would always sell the most and be the busiest, which was really good because at the Christmas party, we were a disgrace, absolute <laughs> disgrace. Like we would be hassling the bartenders and we're hassling the bosses and we're on the dance floor and we'd just take over the whole place, but they couldn't say anything because we partied the hardest, but we also worked the hardest. And it was it was the best. It was like having amnesty. It was so much fun. You could just like we just walked around like absolute kings and queens. And the bosses were like, "Well, it's working. Whatever you guys are doing, it's working." <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember one guy. He he came to the first one, and uh, his very first one, and he was really trying to impress people. And obviously, it went really wrong for him. So sucked in. <laughs> That's got to be one of the the perks of a retail retail job is the Christmas party at the end of the year, particularly like working in retail during the Christmas period is insane. Oh, it's such a punish, but it's the most fun I've ever had at work, working like Christmas retail because it's just like souped up on adrenaline and you work like crazy hours. You're there for, you know, 15 hours. You do back-to-back shifts and you've got your whole crew and everyone's just – yeah, it was so much fun and you're just there and you just like live and breathe that experience and then, oh, it's just good vibes, pumping tunes, having fun with people, don't care what people say. It's so much fun. If anyone's we've 16, got, get a job in retail. We've also got the uh, Adam and Simon show Christmas party coming up, which is uh, <laughs> Simon, myself, Kate Visuals and Justin show on our, so we have a four-person Christmas party coming up in a few weeks, which should be good okay. fun too. The inaugural actual Christmas party of the Adam and Simon show. Oh, this is going to be a real-life version one. Can you give any teasers as to what what might happen there? Well, you know, it'll just be a nice, respectable sit-down dinner. We'll sit down um, and then, you know, we'll just head home early night. That's it. A light conversation, you know, cheersing, a lot of like actually one drink and one water, responsibility. Yep. Uh, we're yep. preaching... Don't want HR to get involved. We don't want to have to hire HR to get them involved. So that'll be it. That'll be the Christmas party. What happens after the Christmas party officially ends, though? Not sure. That 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 could yeah. Then then it's just <laughs> four people hanging out, four mates. Exactly. <laughs> then it's not on our watch. <laughs> then Osmosis Simon comes back out. Correct. <laughs> well trained athlete. <laughs> Best way to spread Christmas cheer.
cheer is singing loud for all to hear. We've talked a little bit about some of the Christmas traditions that you guys have, um, and you've mentioned a few. I particularly like the rattle, rattle, shake, shake is going to be one that sticks with me. But do you have any other specific traditions or rituals that you do kind of with your families that when you talk to other people or when you look back, like not everybody does? I feel like every family has those those little traditions. I think we we are like most people in that the Christmas nap is definitely one of the most important parts of the day. Wake, wake presents, then like awkward meal about for a couple of hours, then prawn peeling, food eating, then food coma, and then Christmas ham sandwiches for like the next two weeks. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we're just all about the big Christmas. And I didn't realise that like having such a big Christmas was wasn't the norm. I just thought, it, oh, yeah, everyone must do that. But we will often, like, we'll work at, you know, I think everyone has the cycle where you go to your mum's side or your dad's side and then someone does lunch or whatever. But every every couple of years we'll have the, the perfect storm where our family was hosting and we'd host both mum's side and dad's side and there'd be 35 people at lunch. and <laughs> Chaos. Yeah, and it was, like, it was awesome. It was so much fun. You'd have a full-blown test match out the front. Like it was very traditional, very traditional like Christmas, what I thought until I spoke to people. They're like, no, we just hang out with just like two cousins and an uncle and that's it. Well, it sounds a bit boring, really. The cricket game on Christmas Day must be like a pretty iconic Aussie festive tradition. Yeah, for sure. We used to, um, my cousins used to live in, um, well, they, oh, well, their parents still live there, in Bacchus Marsh, which is like a outer suburb of Melbourne. And uh, they lived on a little property, on a property, and in their front yard it was huge. And we would have, I always remember, we would have like a proper cricket game. You know, there'd be eleven players on the field, proper fielding spots. You know, we've got our we've got our run map mapped out. So this is a six, and if you hit that and whatever. And my pa would always sit at square leg, and he would just say everything was out, but in a really like enthusiastic way. So you'd play this shot. And it'd hit your leg and he'd be like, out, out, get him out of here. He's done. He's gone. And you're like, how would you even tell? But he was the boss. He was he was the he was the patriarch of the family. So that was it. You had to go. See you later. It was I always remember it. Such a happy time. Brittany here, popping into your ears for a little break from my chat with Adam and Simon for my weekly segment on ways you can give back this Christmas. And today I really wanted to talk to you about the ASRC or the Asylum Seekers Resource Centre. Founded 19 years ago, the ASRC is Australia's largest human rights organisation providing support to people seeking asylum. It's an independent not-for-profit organisation who support and empower people seeking asylum in so many ways, from advocacy and legal aid to education and training and food aid. There are a number of ways you can help this Christmas and in fact all year round. Your donation can help the organisation help support refugees in detention and fight for their freedom from onshore and offshore detention and also provide people with basic needs that help keep them safe and connected to the outside world while they're there. You can make a one-off payment from yourself or as a gift or you can sign up to something more regular if that's something you can afford. If you are in Melbourne, the the ASRC is also holding their annual festive food drive this Sunday. So that's the 20th of December from 10am to 2pm in the car park next to the ASRC building in Footscray. Like many organisations, they have seen the need for support from their food bank more than double this year. So donations will help put food on the table for 1,500 women, men and children seeking asylum who have no safety net or other means of support in Australia. They have a specific list of food items they need and that they'd like donated. So I have popped that and all the other information in the show notes of this episode if you are in a position to help. Back to Adam and Simon. And Adam, you, I know you have a niece, so obviously Christmas is quite different when you have kind of young kids around, when it is like the most magical time of the year. Does that kind of make you view Christmas or is Christmas kind of a different experience? I know that you shared again in your Christmas series last year, a great story about a gift that you tried to get her. And it it is a very kind of long tail. Still still trying. Still trying. trying. Um, We... So I, I have two nieces now. One was born in January, so this will be her first 
Christmas this year. So she was born on January the 4th. So now there's two nieces. But, yeah, Fred, Freddie was the only, yeah, like toddler around for the last couple of Christmases. And it's amazing, like, when the kids are that small, the attention, like Christmas completely changes because, like, you don't, the focus doesn't become on, like, all the adults. It becomes on, like, everyone's looking at the kid. It's like watching a fire. Like everyone just ends up looking at the fire when you're camping. Like if you're sitting around a campfire, no one's talking, no one's looking at each other when they're talking to each other. They're sitting around the fire and looking at the fire. That's like the toddler at Christmas. So then like on the flip side, Rachel's uh, family, we had a big Christmas at her place maybe two years ago and there was all of the all of the kids. So they don't have any, there's no grandkids yet and all of the kids are between the age of like 30 and 22 or something like that. And so they're at like right at this this period probably for the next maybe two years or so where there'll be no kids around. So you're at this like perfect storm of everybody's of like drinking age, everybody's like an adult with disposable income. And so it's just absolute chaos. There was like the music got pumped and there was darts being played and like, I mean, not great to be playing um, <laughs> like sports with metal arrows when people are a few drinks down. But, yeah, it definitely changes when there's little kids running around. It, it definitely becomes a lot more placid. Yeah. And I don't know if you you mentioned with your friends Christmas like are you guys are you dressing up for this Christmas as well because I know Simon you um <laughs> this was journalistic research this is not like Instagram. <laughs> Last year uh, you put in your Christmas post you wearing a particularly colorful festive vest. Adam you're obviously known for your eclectic collection of colorful socks. Like what are you wearing Christmas day? Are you into kind of giving it 110% when it comes to your Christmas day outfit? Yeah, I definitely am. It, it, it's the, that's the only negative about Australia having Christmas in winter is I'll rock up with a jumper that's usually pretty loud and a hat and then it comes straight off because it's too hot. You get the laugh, get the attention, and then it's like, okay, great, perfect. <laughs> they, go, they go back to the very first story that Simon told. They go, oh, wow, Simon has won Christmas. He goes, yep, Simon better than Christmas. all this. It's always yeah. competition. <laughs> Some people are winners and others are losers, you know. I reckon I try harder to dress up for Christmas or our Christmas in July with our mates because then it's like it is much more of a competition. So I have like a, a skivvy that I wear underneath like a red um, jumper, a red knitted jumper that says ho, ho, ho on it, and then I have a big Santa stop here badge that comes on that lights up. So that gets worn every year or twice a year for those ones. Um, but the you look forward to the Christmas in July with your mates as much as you don't look forward to the hangover the next day. Mm. The, the best one I've seen, though, I've got a friend who he's got long hair and at the time he had a, had a nice beard and he he's actually – so he was dating a girl and then his best friend was married to her sister. That's how they met. So they are going to the same family Christmas and the both of them, one dressed up as Jesus, like full long robe, rope belt, like crown of thorns. The other one dressed up as a wise man, had like – in like Myrrh and had everything, and they went to their their partner's family Christmas. No one else dressed up. It wasn't a dress up. So these guys have just gone dressed as Jesus and a wise man and just sat at the table like nothing had happened. Unbelievable. Absolutely. I would love it if that was the fir- like the first time they'd met, like extended yeah. family. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Jesus. Nice to meet you. Um, here's this water. Um, it will be wine later. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to get, are you on the Christmas rushy train? Even? No. Oh. So, yeah, the cancer, I think it's the Cancer Council and a lot of other brands release like a Christmas-themed rushy top mm-hmm. every year. So that has been my um, my transition for, as you were saying, Simon, the problem of like jumpers being ridiculously hot. Yeah. As a lover of Christmas, you've got your own podcast, as we said, What's your Christmas setup like? Do you do you go full dress up Christmas or no? Dress up in the sense of like you put on your nice clothes. Christmas just, clothes. Wear your Christmas, Christmas clothes. clothes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but with the caveat that they have to be comfortable and roomy enough to anticipate all the food that's going to be eaten. Okay. I like it. No one's wearing belts at Christmas. That's silly. It's elasticized oh, no. pants only. Tracksuit pants. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you, for your birthday Christmas in July, do you have to get dressed up in traditional like Christmas sweaters and everything? Is that the rule? Yeah, the Christmas jumpers are mandatory unless you come. Like I had a friend who rented um, a Santa suit 
and came with that. That's obviously the exception. But yeah, otherwise, yeah. Christmas jumpers. <laughs> it's Christmas jumpers at a minimum, and then you can launch off that if you want. But at a minimum, Christmas jumper. What's Next your favorite year, Christmas might... jumper? Have you got one? I've got I've got two. One that I'm wearing, which is just like your standard Christmas yeah. jumper one. And then I'm probably in need of a new one. My rash, my Christmas rashi, not that I would wear that to Christmas lunch. Um, normally wear it too. My parents live in Sydney, so we go to the beach like in the morning, which as someone from the UK is a very like strange thing Bizarre. to be doing for Christmas. But, um, when does that become normal to go to the beach for Christmas? This will be the third year that it's happened. So maybe like now it's feeling a bit like more normal, but it's, yeah, it's very surreal. Very surreal. <laughs> <laughs> do you miss do you miss the cold Christmas or do you enjoy the hot Christmas? When like when you have like a really nice summer's day, you're going to the beach, then you're coming back to eat. Like it's hard to it's hard to beat, but it's in that lead up when you're watching all these Christmas films that are set when it's snowy and cold. Like there's not a lot of like media that reflects the Australian Christmas experience. I yeah. think. Yeah. Yep. Apart really from a TV show we spoke about last year on the podcast, a very moody Christmas. I don't know if you guys have seen it. No. In this ABC comedy series, that is hilarious. Highly recommend. Australian. Right. I'm going to watch it. But I do need to invest in some more Christmas jumpers. I think some fun ones. Yeah, I've got um, I've got a good one that I've got the the vest, and then I've got one that is like an elf costume, which I really that's my Ooh. favorite. It's got bells on it, so people can hear me coming. I just walk around doing this. <laughs> Making all sorts sounds of like noise. Some, sounds like some some selfish person wants some attention at Christmas. I'm thirsty for attention. Absolutely thirsty for attention. We've mentioned some of the foods that we might find on your table at Christmas, obviously the prawns and the roasts, but tell me a bit more and kind of in detail about if we were to sit down at your respective Christmas lunches or dinners, what would we what would be what would we be served? Well there's like there's always the it's the, always a serve yourself. Like there's always the the pile okay. of plates. Yeah, it's not pre served dinner, like no one's getting their meal already served up. But there's always there's always a Christmas ham from the butcher, Henneman's Butcher down the road in, in Coral where we where we uh, grew up. There was always a big old Christmas ham. There was always a roast uh, pork, always a roast, sorry, roast lamb. Then there was mum got really into turkey buffs, which were like uh, those like pre-rolled turkeys, so like a boneless turkey. There was always one of those. Then there was always prawns, uh, always roast veggies, not a lot of like a tiny bit of salad to I don't even want, I don't know why you wouldn't why you would have some just so you don't feel guilty like it's Christmas or whatever you like. But there's always gravy. The funny thing about the meal is that you have like six or seven different types of things. So like roast pumpkin, roast carrot, roast potatoes, peas, four different types of meat, and then you just put gravy over it all. So everything just tastes like gravy. So like I could just have cardboard and gravy and it would taste like Christmas, but there's like seven different foods there that are all just lathered, lathered, lathered in gravy. It's a special time. It's a special time for Gravox. They make all their money by that stage, I think. My family one is very traditional. Like on my mum's side, it's very traditional. And roast veggies and similar to Adam, roast veggies and roast and, you know, a few mince pies and things that you, other things you wouldn't touch, but things that you just go double down for. But then on my um, dad's side, my uncle, every time we would have it there, there's always a gimmick to, to the Christmas that they host. So one one Christmas was called, it was like Christmas at the Lovett's or whatever, and it was like the other white meat, and it was crocodile instead of chicken. Or then Ooh. it was Christmas of the five birds, and then it was like chicken, pigeon, quail, turkey, and maybe duck. And then last year, no, maybe not last year. No, it would have been the year before. I think it was my girlfriend's first Christmas with my family and my uncle just kept insisting that she try this. Oh, try this, try this, try this. <laughs> and then she ended up having wallaby mince, possum, maybe another crocodile again. Yeah. So he's always always on the gimmick. He loves it. So you never kind of know what you're going to get when you when you go to his house. That's like a in the deep end of try this. This is not just like, oh, this is the word you're attacking. There's nothing more. Shout out vegetarians. There's nothing more concerning than someone saying, try this, try this, and you go, no, I'm good, thanks. And they go, no, no, seriously, try it. And if they push it a third time, you're like, all right, what is this? There's no rebuttal. There's no rebuttal. What testicles am I eating here? Yeah. Yeah, and look, having eaten all of those things, look, there's a reason that we eat beef and lamb because it just tastes better. It just Mm. tastes way better. So, yeah. What do they always say? That 
whatever the strange meat is, it tastes like chicken or whatever. No, crocodile. yeah, yeah, crocodile, crocodile. They all taste like chicken. No. Yeah, they all taste like chicken. A bit lean, they're a bit gamey, to be honest. But anyway, what was on your table? My um, yeah, my family is English, so obviously very traditional turkey, roast potatoes, Brussels sprouts. Dad does cook them with bacon, so I feel like it passes the very test good. we spoke about earlier. And uh, a food that I've introduced to my friend Christmas in July that always goes down a treat, which, again, not vegetarian friendly at all, are pigs in blankets, sausages wrapped in bacon. Good. I don't know if you guys had them before. Yeah, good. Um, well done. Go Very down well a treat. done. What about Yorkshire puds? My, Rach is a massive Yorkshire pud fan. I don't really get them. Like, I just don't really understand them. They are a strange mix of savoury and sweet, aren't they? We don't have them at Christmas, but they definitely belong with a roast. I would say. Have you noticed a change in your Christmas food since you've been in Australia? Yes, we have introduced the Christmas ham alongside the Christmas turkey. That's a new addition. And we will tend to do, if we do something Christmas Eve, we'll do seafood Christmas Eve. Ah. I feel like that's, that's a very Australian. So like prawns and bits like that. But otherwise, like we're very quite like protective of that original like, <laughs> this is what christmas <laughs> is i don't care that it's 40 degrees yeah. you'll hover over that hot turkey and you'll enjoy it i feel like right. i know where you're coming from because like i said before my pa's a 97 year old english guy and my mum makes all the food dad's on the prawn peeling station but mum's making all the meal and because she grew up with my pa who was a big like english traditional english feast kind of guy that then that's just filtered all the way through so there's nothing there's like we don't need frills they're like we're english we have christmas dinner and this is what's on it and i don't know why you would have anything else exactly it's actually my dad that does all the christmas cooking but my younger sister has just qualified as a professional chef so i feel <laughs> like she might be Pressure's stepping on. up to take the reins We did kind of mention, obviously, and you have a fiance, Simon, you also have a partner. How do you navigate the fitting so many social functions in? Like, how do you go about that? My family's done a really great thing where we've actually divided Christmas now. So my mum's side will have Christmas in like November or early December because they, they live everywhere. So as I said, they grew up in Bacchus Marsh, but now there's five boys and they all live Lots of different places. One lives in Coolangatta, one lives in Adelaide, one lives in Echuca, one lives. So to get around somewhere at Christmas time is one, expensive, and two, it kind of then you neglect the other side. So they decided that in either sometimes the September holidays, they'll do it in September holidays, or they'll do it in November over a weekend, sometimes Melbourne Cup weekend. They'll pick a spot and they pick it a year in advance and then everyone just goes there. So it'll be a caravan park or it'll be service departments or it'll be something. And then as a part of that, they have like a big full-on sit-down Christmas dinner, you know, turkey, ham, the whole lot. Um, but then you, you get like maybe three or four days into that as well. So that's where I'll go for mum's side and then dad's side. Then that way on Christmas Day, I generally will only navigate one of my family side and then Gab's family, one of their side, whichever that will be, depending on lunch or dinner. So. And then I've been away. I've been overseas a couple of the Christmases on. But then, yeah, Rachel's family are in Melbourne now. And then my parents are still up on the border. Um, so well, Rachel's family sort of go around. And we, we just work it out like logistically about whether it's going to work or not. So she's, they had her family Christmas was like on the Gold Coast one year. And my family Christmas was in Port Macquarie with my pa. Um, and so I flew to the Gold Coast, spent a few days before Christmas with her family, and then I flew from the Goldie to uh, to Port Macquarie to finish off there with to have actual Christmas Day with my family, and then I flew back down. That's a good way to do it because I've been with my um, my partner for a while, and we used to be in different states for Christmas all the time. So we've actually never had a Christmas Day together in like ten years. Yeah, but selfishly, as we were talking before, that means that I always get Christmas the way that I no Christmas to be. Yes. So I'm kind of like, I haven't quite worked out the answer to that. Should we ever have to work out? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the biggest learning curve for me. When I went to Gab's Christmas for the first time, um, Gab's family is Italian, Italian heritage, and they have very traditional, which kind of looks like a traditional Christmas, the second part, but they always open with pasta. So that's always the oh. first dish. 
sit down, pasta, usually lasagna, sometimes a spaghetti or something. And it was my first Christmas. And I'm like, pasta? Well, pasta's a meal then. I guess we're just rocking pasta. So I had like three servings of lasagna before having Christmas. And then they went, okay, cool. Um, go up and grab your food. And it is a full spread, like trays of roast meats, trays of vegetables, trays of salads. So then I just had to sit back and just eat everything without any complaint whatsoever and then just like <laughs> fall asleep in the car on the way home. Shocking. So this is the point where I would like to put forward my official simple displeasure idea because it is food-related and it is the moment that you offer round your favourite food, say the last roast potato around the t- table, you do it politely and then somebody actually takes it. It's t- <laughs> outrageous. <sighs> Devastating. Some people are so I'm, selfish, aren't they? Yeah, I, I think we know in this. Yeah, we know in this trio who who would uh, be taking the last roast potato. But I'll uh, I'll add a simple displeasure to a Christmas related one to the to the chat. When you so you obviously got your bonbons both sides, pop them both, and you lose both of them. Oh, that is a great yeah. one. That's yeah. yeah. Even losing one, even just going like bam and losing one, that's enough. That's displeasurable enough. To not ruin your Christmas, but just like put a little bit of an inconvenience on it where you're like, would have been nice to have a, a hat and, and a crap joke to read out. As an actual competition part of Christmas, how do you deal, Simon, with losing? No, nah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Just the presents. I only, I only go for the good competitions. Those ones, nah, you can have those. Yep. People, people need to win They're those. Lucky. I'll let them build their confidence up again. That's fine. <laughs> They're lucky. He wants to win the, he wants to win the skill ones. Exactly right. On the topic of presents, I did want to pick uh, both of your brains because I feel like as as a female, guys are always so hard to buy presents for. I feel like there's the same cycle of thing, whether it's boyfriends, brothers, fathers, uncles, whatever. It's always like mugs, socks, Bunnings vouchers, and maybe a Toblerone. That's like the pool that there is. So what do men really want for Christmas or what do they not want? What should we not get you? Well, I, I just think men want um... – they just want whatever they're most recently into. So if they're going through a big like Xbox phase, just they want Xbox stuff, whatever that is. Or if they're going, see, like I, I've just bought a mountain bike and a bunch of my friends have bought mountain bikes. So if uh, anyone listening to this wants to get me a present, just any mountain bike stuff and I'll be so pumped, so very oh. pumped. Yeah, exactly. No, not how I just bought one. Spent all my money. No one gets Christmas presents now. Uh, <laughs> but if you, I think vouchers are the way to go, though. I think vouchers they kind of are a bit, they're a bit shit to give, and you feel like a bit of a pleb because it's like, ah, oh, like I don't know what to get. But I think vouchers are good because then the people get what they want and they can use it, and then we're good to go. Like so, it's kind of not good on the day, but later when you get stuff, the the people are more happy. I think. Electronics is always an easy one because you can get a new electronic. You can get just the – there's always a new version coming out every year of whatever you want to buy. Mm. So you, every single year you've got an easy – that's an easy out. You're like, bam, I'll have like the new set of headphones or like the upgrade of the Apple Watch or the new Garmin or something like that. Mm. Electronics is very easy because they never – there will always be more new stuff of that. Other than that, I mean, you can always be a little bit selfish if you're buying for your partner and be like a dinner voucher to a restaurant that they really like or like a ticket to an event for both of you to go through. Then you've got the payoff of the ticket, them opening and being like, oh, sick, I can't wait to see the Arctic monkeys. That's great. But then you also get the secondary payoff when it happens come like whenever the festival or concert may be. But my, my biggest tip, and it just came to me then, if you have to spend under $50, beers. And the person drinks beers, just buy them beers and they will love it. So if it's $50, buy them a slab. If it's $20, buy them a six-pack and they will just be pumped. It's safe. Look, you're not going to get like, oh, my God, this is the best, but they will have a sick time enjoying the beers or wine or like alcohol or something like that. I think that's that's, it's just a very simple, underrated, uh, you don't have to go too fancy. People are going to like it. And what is the, if you're willing to share, what is the worst Christmas gift you've ever been given either of you i got some uh ooh, might offend the person you can tell do it the now. story of, of a friend that might have got the same present that you yeah. just happened to get so yeah i heard of i heard a friend got some pillowcases last year <laughs> like not-, not like 
Yeah, just like just just some regular pillowcases. That's so good. I um I can't remember a particularly bad one that I've got, but in our friends Christmas in July, we always do Secret Santa Steel. So we'll sit around and um you know you, you buy a group of presents and the first person picks one and the second person can steal or they can pick. And then the third person steals that they can pick and then it goes around and around and around. And what has developed, there is one year someone got a particularly bad present. I'm going to say it was a bad present because it's become a joke. So it is a bad present. You know, there was some good stuff lying around and then they opened up the present and it was an eggy monster, which is, it's like a, a rubber, it's like a rubber stencil that you would, you know, you put your toast in and then you crack your egg in and it looks like a monster. And it shit like you don't want to win it and the one of our friends wives well she's our friend as well she got it two years in a row just purely by accident and now everyone just tries to stitch each other up by wrapping it in something that doesn't look like it will be an eggy monster and then you open it up and the disappointment is hysterical every six months it is so funny you just open it it's like I'm never going to use this. Not once am I ever going to use it. And then we just rewrap it and just give it again. And then whoever gets it, the egg monster is the endearing present. That has, So whoever gets it then has to rewrap it for the That's following one. But after they get it, the next day they have to take a photo of their of them using the egg monster. So the people will, it's like, yeah, just a, like a piece of toast with a, a Mike Wazowski almost cut out of the middle of it that you're then meant to crack an egg in and fry so it looks like a little egg monster. And it is a horrendous present but it always keeps going around and it is there's nothing better because everyone tries to like auction it off because when you steal and you're like oh steal mine steal mine but no one ever wants the egg monster so if you get it it's always the bottom of the barrel and then you have to rewrap it for next year that's so good i love that the legend of the eggy monster horrible absolutely what's the worst present you've ever got a someone gave my sister and i presents at the same time i was 15 at the time my sister was she's like six years younger was um, I unwrapped it and it was a doll, obviously meant for children. My sister opened the present and it was like quite nice jewellery. Obviously, we had been given the wrong present. No. But the person didn't say anything, Wasn't never said. The person was there as we unwrapped it and never said, <laughs> like, you've got the wrong present. So as a 15-year-old, I had to pretend to be very excited by this. I think it was like this doll and a matching like backpack and my sister had this jewellery. But it, like the person just didn't say anything. How easy would it be to say... Oh, like I've you've got, got the wrong, wrong present. And or, so you think that I, they got the wrong present? That's what I can only assume as to why you'd buy a 15-year-old, like a teenager, like a, a, a baby doll, essentially. Oh, that's so funny. They were too proud. Maybe they were too selfish and thought they'd won Christmas. <laughs> maybe maybe we were being trolled. I don't know. Maybe that was that was the present. That was maybe the maybe it was the it was like the, the dad of your friend or something gave you it and was like, oh, okay, I get I guess this is what's supposed to happen. Weird. Don't agree with it, but sure. <laughs> Sure, there must be something here that I don't know. Final two questions for you guys. I did mention when we spoke uh, whether you either of you had a Christmas unpopular opinion, something that a belief that people love or enjoy about Christmas that you disagree with or don't enjoy. So hit me with your Christmas unpopular opinion. Yeah, well, I I thought it was an unpopular opinion, but apparently on this podcast, popular, mince pie is no good. Like traditional, most traditional Christmas food ever, and they're the pits. They're just not nice. They don't taste good. They don't look good. I'm not about them. I'm not about them at all. Secretly, I'm actually not about Christmas pudding either. So there you go. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Outrageous. Just, just give me the ice cream. You can keep the pudding. I don't need it. If there wasn't money in it, I wouldn't have taken it all those years. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I would I'd say. Apart from uh, apart from the uh, the diehard issue that, that that's a, a movie that happens at Christmas, but also I'm not really that fussed if you really think it's a Christmas movie. I'm happy to let you have that one. But also, I don't mind if the Christmas pudding is cold. Ooh. Oh, you're a I'm not. A, I am not against the Christmas pud being cold. I like it warm, but if it's if it's cold. I'd, I'm still equally as happy with that. Can I ask what you are having with it? Like, are you having a hot topping like custard, custard. or is it? Cold? Yeah, custard cold. always, cold, and it's like custard or cold custard. Either again, not that fuss. Happy to have a cold pud with cold custard. What? And I would put as much custard. 
I'll put as much custard on. The- hey, I thought this was a safe space. It's not. <laughs> it is. It's not. No, don't lie, Brittany. It's not. I it's thought just... this was a safe space. It's a safe space put- for safe ideas, not this <laughs> anarchy. I will put as much custard on the pud as I put gravy on the dinner. Like it's swimming in there. It's a back what- backyard pool. But that's what I mean. Why don't you just have a bowl of custard? That's no. Nah. That's that's all you're hunting this- for. I like the cinnamon and like all the. I don't uh, need it too much either. I don't want nuts in there. I just want like a, yeah, like a plum pud. I want like a very plummy and cold again. Not that fast. Custard. Not that fast. Just like shit loads of both of them. No, no thanks. No uh, thanks. That's well, there you go. I guess oh. that is a controversial Christmas opinion. You it said is- you don't even like Christmas pud. Yeah, I know. And then you've just made it more gross. <laughs> hey, you know that thing you don't like warm. Here is it cold. Now what do you think? No, even worse. <laughs> I don't mind it. Oh, no. Nah. Gross. What's yours, Brittany? What, what's your controversial Christmas topic? Oh, my! I should have prepared myself better for this. My one last year was that I'm starting to think that Love Actually might be a slightly overrated film. Oh, interesting. Okay, let's talk about this. Why, why do you think that? More so because I think – I think I've just got to the point of I've I've watched it. You know, people say they've watched a film a lot of times. I've watched it so many times. And then I, I started to watch The Holiday as a replacement and The Holiday kind of crept up as my kind of go-to. So it's not necessarily like a shit on love, actually, opinion. It's more like a the levels are changing. Wait, which one's The Holiday? What, who's in The Holiday? The Holiday, Jude Law, Cameron Diaz, Jack Black and Kate Winslet. Where they the one where they swap houses, houses right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's oh, – I don't know about this. Are you sure was, you're um... allowed to be hosting a Christmas <laughs> podcast with hot takes like that? I might like have that? to sack myself after this, yeah. You're going to have to hand in your <laughs> Christmas licence after that. That's – yeah. okay, right. I don't think I don't I've know. seen The Holiday. It's I'm so look, good. Yeah. It's feel good. Yeah. looking at the wiki now. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, it's nice. They swap, they swap houses and it's, it's good stuff. It seems like it's the American love actually. No, not even close. No, that's Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah. Uh, a spring off opinion, um, and once you've seen The Holiday, it will make a bit more sense, Adam. Mr. Brightside is a Christmas song. Ooh. Really? I it don't is? agree with or... you, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Purely because Cameron Diaz sings along to Mr. Brightside in The Holiday. There's a bit of an iconic scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is, uh, it's a very nice movie. I do like that movie. It's cold. You get a bit of both, English and American Christmas and... Yeah, it's not bad. I like it. I like it. I don't know about the Mr. Brightside take. That's that's whew, far out. We're that's really, me, that's me. really uncovering that's me some stuff. That's me putting my controversial hat. Well, that's as controversial as I get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a Christmas song. Not a bad place to be in, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think if that's as controversial as you're getting, I reckon that's okay. We have obviously spoken about a lot of Christmas things um, today and a lot of the, the fun and bright and bright side of Christmas, but it's kind of hard to talk about Christmas this year without acknowledging what an absolute fireball 2020 has been. So I wanted to know from both of you, given kind of what we've all been through this year, does it make you appreciate or view Christmas or the holiday season or just being able to kind of gather with family if you guys will? I'm not sure if you have kind of family interstate or or whatever. Does this year kind of make you view this time of year in a slightly different light or with a bit more appreciation than say normally i think it makes me it's like the it puts like a full stop on the year so it's like the that final thing where you're like all right or either the full stop on the year or it's the opening sentence of next year so like new year's is probably some would argue that news is that point probably <laughs> quite they would have a <laughs> new year's the start of the year hot takes on this show Jesus. but starts Jeez, a week no, it could, because you're going to see your family, I'm not sure whether I'll see my family before Christmas and then I haven't seen, I saw mum and dad in June in that middle break, but before that hadn't seen them since the end of February. So it'll be nice to just like sit around and then sit in the comfortable silence of my nap. I'll be nice to be napping around everybody, but yeah, and just be there napping with them unconsciously. It's definitely a weird one this year because I don't feel like anything's happened between the last one and this one, you know, we've just kind of like floated along and contributed absolutely zero to your life. 
So, so for those people that only see their cousins very rarely, it's like, oh, what have you been up to? Nothing. Like so much COVID chat this year. So much. How boring! How boring is? How boring is mum and dad's Christmas letter going to be? My mum and dad and like their mates and stuff always write a Christmas letter about what everyone's been doing, and it's just going to be like, hi, nothing. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Short and sweet this year. Yeah. Nothing happened, yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much. It has genuinely been so much fun chatting Christmas with you guys and a very early Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you both and your family, and thank you so much. It has been so much fun. Merry Christmas, Brittany. Merry Christmas. Thanks for having Ooh. us on. It was very, very fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Christmas Binge. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Adam and Simon. I know I certainly did. You can find where to follow them and also listen to their great podcast, The Adam and Simon Show, in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate five stars and leave a review if you are feeling particularly festive. And I have it on good authority that if you'd like to get on Santa's nice list, you should send this podcast to a friend or recommend to anyone, really, work colleague, neighbour, cousin. You can also share that you are listening by taking a screenshot on Instagram and tagging me at a Christmas binge. A reminder that I also have another podcast called Beauty Island where I ask interesting people in beauty and beyond about the eight beauty products they take with to a desert island. Along the way, we learn more about their life, career, and the people and events that have shaped them into who they are today. You can find the link in the show notes or just search Beauty Island on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your pods. For more Christmas goodness until next week's episode, you can follow me on Instagram at a Christmas binge, where I am sharing copious amounts of hilarious and daggy Christmas memes. I will be back next week for the final episode of the year in season and it's a slightly different one to bring you into Christmas Day. Until next week, thank you so much and bye-bye. It's time again to wish for peace on earth between